Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Seriously, it's better than Letterman. Is that a Ben Robin Robbo exclusive? <laughs> And I think you guys are amazing. I didn't like I that want to come on this show all the time because no other show would ever set me up with that much room for danger. Ben Robin Robbo. Streaming across the globe, Ben Norris, Rob McKnight and David Robinson. Ben Robin Robbo. Show. Here's Rob McKnight. Oh, indeed it is. I'm very excited today because it's Wednesday and we all love Wednesday. Robbo calls it hump day. But Robbo, it's been quite a while since you've had a hump day. Yeah, no, it has, it's, it's certainly been a long bloody time. Uh, yeah, since I've... It's been a I'm while sorry, days, Robbo. Care, I'm sorry actually. to start the show off on that note. No, no, it's, it's the best start to the show I've had in a long time, so it's fine. <laughs> it's not why um, they call it Hump Day. Look, it's not why it's Hump Day anyway. I was just going to say, um, isn't it? Is, doesn't it mean something else? I didn't think it actually meant to hump someone, did it? It's just, <laughs> it's just like the hump of the week. So Wednesday's the middle. It's, so the, it's the speed the bump. It's like it's you, you get up to the Wednesday and then you're heading down towards the weekend is what it means. I was looking at the monitor, though, and I was thinking maybe, maybe, Robbo, have you been organising a hump after the show? Because, like, I could see him on your phone. Oh, he has. I want to know what he... He's been like, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. Have you been on Tinder? Maybe it's a love interest. I don't, I'm not on Tinder. I'm not on anything. What I was doing was preparing for the show, making sure that I was researched oh. and up to date with the latest news uh, and current affairs. That's what I was doing, boys, before the show. Well, let's see how that plays out. Hey, uh, every <laughs> look every Wednesday, we welcome a special guest panelist to join us in bringing you news with views and entertainment too. Let's see who's joining us today. Melissa Bell has graced our screens since 1990 on East Street, Home and Away, and most famously as Lucy Robinson on Neighbours for the past 29 years. From acting to fashion design, she can do it all. But today she is leaving Ramsey Street to join us right here on the Ben Robin Robbo Show. Welcome, Melissa Bell. Oh, yes. Melissa Bell, Hello. come on in and join Hello, the show. <laughs> hey. Yay. You know, um, uh, very, very good. Abby made that with the talents of Mr. David Robinson. Look, there's so much to talk to you about, but, you know, I really do remember the day you became Lucy Robinson. I was a big Neighbours fan and it was probably one of the first times in Australian soaps that an actress or an actor replaced a character. And so it was quite strange to have that moment where you took over the role of that someone else had started. Yes, there were two previous um, actresses that played Lucy Robinson before myself. Yes. And so we hadn't seen Lucy for quite some time. So she had sort of gone, came back from boarding school, sort of grown up. She just turned 18, you know, she just changed a little bit, strong hair, not brunette anymore. Um, yeah, so then I entered the show and then my that's how I started my career. And you certainly made sure that you owned the role. Uh, definitely. No one remembers those <laughs> other <Can> I... actresses. <laughs> no, no, can I just tell you, I've got a really good, can I... Guys, can I tell you my Lucy Robinson story? I've got one. I know you're always like, oh, yes, Ben, yes. please. But because we have Melissa here, it? I thought I'd tell you. So uh, I was working at Village Cinemas and I got a promotion. I could work in their head office. And when I got there, as I was being taken around the office, my new manager said to me, he was like, oh, and by the way, 
we have the actress who plays Lucy Robinson. And I got so excited because I was obsessed with you. Anyway, I walked into this woman's office and it was a different, it was one of the different actresses that no one cared about. And I was like, you're not Lucy Robinson. And she was like, I was the Lucy Robinson at Scott and Charlene's wedding. And I was like, oh. Oh, were you were you one of the women wearing one of those awful gowns? No one remembers you. <laughs> well, I like that say, we're team Melissa yeah. all the way. Uh, Melissa, it's interesting. You've been in the public eye for a long time. We've watched you go through some really difficult times. Look, obviously, with the death of your husband, your battle with body dysmorphia, and that led to cosmetic surgery. How do you manage those things that which are deeply personal while the whole of Australia is watching and interested in what you're going through? Well, I mean, it's hard. And when you choose to put yourself in the public eye and, and work in the public and in the media, um, it's kind of you give parts of yourself away. So it just comes with it, really. Um, and at times I've chosen to speak about things, otherwise something could be printed. And I would rather people hear my words, my story, what it means to me, rather than um, a journalist just piecing it together putting it together mm. and putting it out there and it's not a truth um so these journeys throughout my life have, have really taught me a lot about myself and about being true to myself and and just speaking from the heart and um owning my experiences in life and i think that's what we have to do and i think that's what experience and age has taught me and yes i've i've gone through many ups and downs in life but it's made me who I am today um I'm quite resilient and, and strong and I'm really proud of that well we think you're an absolute legend and it's that life experience <laughs> that we're looking forward to today as we talk about our hot button issues so thank you for being with us yeah. Melissa you're here all day so for the whole yeah. show so we can't oh, wait <laughs> yes that's the modern world now you can do it all from your house but look uh before we before we get into our hot button issues, let's have a look at the latest coronavirus news from around the country. Victoria has reported 216 new infections, the lowest daily rate since July 13th. There have sadly been 12 further deaths, all linked to aged care homes. Chief Health Officer Brett Sutton has said he is open to re-evaluating some restrictions, in particular not being allowed to drive to a park for exercise. To New South Wales now, where there has been seven new cases, two of which are returning travellers and are in hotel quarantine. Queensland has recorded one new case from a returning traveller from Papua New Guinea who is in quarantine as well. All right, moving on. And finally, some good news coming out of the COVID-19 crisis with the federal government signing a deal for a vaccine. Prime Minister Scott Morrison today announced that UK drug company AstraZeneca will provide every Australian with a vaccine once trials have been completed. The PM was doing the rounds this morning and had this to say on ABC's News Breakfast. What are your experts telling you about how likely this vaccine project will succeed more than the others that are being worked on? Well, it's strong prospects, and that's why they've advised that we proceed with this and, and to come to the uh, conclusion with AstraZeneca um, will give us the opportunity to be in the front of the pack and to be able to manufacture the vaccine here and make it available to all Australians. Um, timing of that, well, it's still a bit unsure at this point, but we would hope uh, early next year. If it does succeed and it's rolled out in Australia, who is first of the queue, front of the queue here? Well, that would be determined by the medical advisors and, and how that program is rolled out. I mean, the trials are not yet fully completed and that would help them form that view. Uh, I should stress, though, that it won't be the only one that Australia will be taking a position on. Uh, Professor Brendan Murphy is heading up an expert panel to advise us on additional um, uh, vaccine developments. I mean, there are 160 around the world and uh, we'll be looking to take further positions and there's already work underway on that. Michael Rowland then pressed the PM about who would get it first. When you're looking at possibly having to prioritise people, Prime Minister, is, is it the elderly, is it frontline workers who would get priority? Well, I... Well, again, that'll be determined by the medical advice based on the actual vaccine itself. And, and you've, you've highlighted some obvious sort of priorities, but the final decisions will be made on medical advice. Melissa, this is an interesting one. They're saying every Australian will have to take it. Uh, what do you think about this the forcing of Australians to take this vaccine? 
Well, I sat in this very position this morning and spoke to my son, William, who is 12, because we were watching it on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said, what, what do you think about um, having, would you have that vaccine, the COVID vaccine, if it came out? And, and he's, he's like, no, he wants to know what's in it. And so, I, and then he asked me, and I, I think I would. I think it's a great idea um, because we, we need to do something. Look, look at what what's happening around the world. Uh, That's Um, absolutely right. And if you look at it, the issue, there's a couple of things, though. It's being put through very fast. You know, usually uh, vaccines and things like this go through years and years of development and and trials. The vaccine's going to come through very fast. Um, So we wouldn't know some possible side effects, although we are obviously, we want to get back to normality. We desperately need a vaccine. So Mm. it really is a tough one, but the PM really was... Sorry, go on. You've got, you've got out there, you know, people that um, want to vaccinate and don't vaccinate. And I had that very conversation with him this morning, mm. just sitting right here. And he said, am I vaccinated? And I said, yes, like I'm, I'm a vaccinator. So I am, I am for it. Obviously, you want to see it go through vigorous testing before it does come to market. And, and you know, we do have the option whether to, to have it or not. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely saying yes. Robert, what are your thoughts? Um, I really did hear the PM. He was on local Brisbane radio this morning. You know, he was really doing the rounds and he was very clear that this will be mandatory. Will it be mandatory? I haven't heard that anywhere, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, it'll He's be... saying everyone has to take it. I, 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 honestly, I, did, I have not come across that as yet. Uh, you know, I can't answer that question. I don't think people should be forced to take it, no, but I think it would be right if people do. Uh, but, yeah, sorry to... Uh, I, 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 I just did a quick search for this and I can't find... This was on uh, B105 this morning with uh, Stav, Abby and Matt and I found it interesting. Well, he's certainly... All right. He's certainly wanting everyone to take it and they will be putting measures in like we have programs But then wanting in... someone to take it and then also making it mandatory are two very different things. I, I understand that. I'm but that's just you can't send your... You, you know, your, your child can't go to preschool or kindergarten that's what, if that's what we have. So, Which, I, you know, we get it. Sorry, Melissa, I would say I'm very controversial on this and I, I have been in so much trouble in the past. I once said it on, uh, uh, on Southern Cross Stereo about still believing that it comes down to the individual's right to choose. I, if I had children, would get them vaccinated. When this vaccine comes out, I will take it. But when it comes down to it, I still think it is going to be down to the Australian as to whether or not they want to get on board. And I also certainly wouldn't want every single person to be mandatorily made to take it if there were some really bad side effect that we didn't know. I mean, I know this sounds a little bit extreme. I know, but this sounds a little bit extreme. But, you know, uh, what happens if there was a really big side effect and everyone faced it? I mean, that probably doesn't seem right yet either, does it? Look, it's 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 not an easy thing, but Scott Morrison on B105 this morning was certainly making the point that he was he instigated no jab, no play, uh, which Melissa was referring to, that if you don't get the jab, you can't go to childcare and things like that. We do have a right to choose in this country. You're absolutely right. But we are in unprecedented times. And, and it, you know, it, it is interesting because there was this whole conversation about whether um, everyone should be traced, you know, like whether the government should forcibly yes, trace us. That was uh, earlier in the week. And i got to say, you know my feelings on uh, privacy that I... I absolutely would not want to be traced, and I hate that idea. But you the... should be traced. You should be chased, tra- traced by Amanda when you go down to get your cheeseburger from McDonald's. <laughs> you of all people need do to be traced. Do not talk about my secret runs to McDonald's. My wife is sitting right next to me, so please don't do that. Um, look, it, but he, he certainly will be very hard line in the sand, And but we've got a long way to go. This isn't until next year. And the people that they've signed this deal with it's not necessarily going to work. You know, like, this is the thing. We're paying... Now, presumably, we've paid millions of dollars to have this agreement in place because we we must be helping to fund that research. But Australians are doing research. A lot of countries are doing research, Robbo. And there are now concerns through um, some health organisations that countries are going to hoard a vaccine and only worry about themselves and not the people, not the countries that don't have the facilities for research. Yeah, well, I, I, that's obviously 
uh, a possibility because, you know, the world doesn't really ever get along, does it? So I think that would be sad, but we just have to wait and see what happens with that. Uh, yes, and in fact, uh, Vladimir Putin has given it to his daughter, apparently, the Russian vaccine, but... Uh, well, apparently we're not trying to, we're not doing a deal with Russia, apparently, Morrison said. Anyway, want to meet your politicians? Sure. You'll only need over $5,000 to do it. It's been dubbed cash for access and experts warn that it's a very slippery slope. Whether it be a fundraising dinner or a business expo, it would appear that if you've got the dollars, you get the access. And while both the Coalition and Labor parties do it, they insist that their decisions aren't based on who's paid the most money. Ben, can you separate money from politics or do they go hand in hand? Is there anything wrong with this? Oh, well, look, I think everyone's entitled to charge people. I mean, we've got these cameo devices. We've got different ways in which you can meet your stars. I mean, right here, right now, I've saved money because I've always wanted to meet Melissa Bell. And so I'm doing it right now. And I've <laughs> saved money because it's, it's happening on the show. But like politicians... Politicians, like anybody else, I think, are entitled to dip into this. I mean, I'm just scratching my head as to whether there's ever been a politician in my mind that I would like to have met it, or It's paid not to so have met. simple Maybe. with politicians, Ben. It's not so simple because we elect them and we're supposed to have access to them. What we're seeing here is as part of fundraising activities, the money doesn't go to them personally, but they are oh. making money for the party... And what you're paying for is access to have influence. You pay $5,000 a head, you get to talk to Premier Anastasia Palaget, and you get to push your agenda. Uh, whereas someone who lives out in Ipswich doesn't get that kind of access. So this is there does a happen for, This has always been happening. I mean, people with yes. money have always had more access to politicians and then of turn, you know, people with money, especially in America, have power. I mean... That's all. I mean, you just saw that with the bushfires that happened over in Los Angeles in Malibu. You know, people were able, who had money, to buy politicians and buy fireys to put out their fire on their private properties. So money is power. Um, I, I think it's, it's nothing new here. Well, that, that's certainly true. But, Robbo, is it right? I don't... It's tough, isn't it? I don't think you can ever get away with it. But what, what's annoying is if you're rich, then you get an audience, you know, with these politicians, which means that you're already better than most of the electorate, and that's I don't think that's fair. You know, one thing, everything else is under scrutiny at the moment. So maybe... Maybe one thing to do is if you hold one of these massive events, mass one of these massive fundraising dinners and things like that, then you have to hold a town hall style meeting in Ipswich, on the Gold Coast, you know, in Melbourne, where wherever. You've got to then be able to speak to the actual people in the electorate. Um, this is a slippery slope. You, you pay more and more money to have a conversation with them. And then weirdly, uh, the, the company that was having the chat with the Premier is then awarded something a little bit later, uh, you know, awarded a tender, a certain tender for government work and things like that. Uh, keep it, keep it, keep it uh, fair is what I'm saying. Uh, thank you, Robbo. Look, I just want to go back a moment. We were talking about whether the PM did say mandatory for Australians to take the um, COVID-19 vaccine and the ABC is reporting that the COVID vaccine is likely to be mandatory in Australia, Scott Morrison says, after signing the deal with Oxford University, um, unless yes, there said, are medical reasons not to have it. I would expect it to be as mandatory as you can possibly make it, which yes. to me isn't just a cut and dry, it's mandatory. Well, I'm nothing ever is, Robert. That's semantics. He's saying that unless there are medical reasons, there would absolutely be medical reasons why it, nothing can be 100% mandatory because there are always exemptions. But basically yeah. every normal, healthy Australian will be told to take this vaccine. And will you take it, Rob? Yeah, I will. I'm in. Okay. I'm going to take it. I mean, I'm going to take it as well, but I, I also don't necessarily support that. I don't know. Okay, well, that's great. You're Ooh. an opinion-based show and you said, I don't know. Yes, of course, I probably will take it. I'm going to have a conversation with my kids about it too, like I did this morning, and I'm going to open that conversation around um, dinner and just sit and, and, and talk about the pros and cons of it because I, I think that we all should. Well, it's an important conversation to have. Um, my daughter, yeah. there was some uh, some shots happening last year and some of her friends weren't getting the vaccines and it became a big discussion in our house about that because um, she felt like the odd one out because she was taking the vaccine. So in some so, Rob, circles... You wouldn't download the app, but you'll get a vaccine that hasn't been tested that much. Uh, hang you on. were very anti the app. 
No, you were you were very anti the app, but you're you willing to take care. I I am willing to take a vaccine that has clear, been cleared by medical professionals rather than an app that traces my privacy and where I've been. Yes, Robbo, I think there is a big distinction, and they are in no way in the there same field. There is a field. big distinction. Yeah. Okay. There's a huge distinction between those two things. I mean, we do always have to be really careful about looking at things very differently. I mean, those two things are very separate. But again, I'd like to say. Rob McKnight didn't want that app because he didn't want to be tracked at McDonald's. <laughs> ben, Ixnay on the Mac A's. Oh, no, well, you shouldn't have told me. I've got a big mouth. <laughs> and it's not a cheeseburger. It's a hamburger. Thank you. Now, look, okay, uh, a pair of Canadian social media influencers are giving away sperm. The couple partnered with a local sperm bank and announced the competition on their Instagram page. Ali and Sam told their followers that if they wanted to be in the running to win a vial of white gold, you simply need to like their page, like the Sperm Bank's page, like the post and tag friends. Jeez, that sounds so difficult. You just go and make it yourself. As always with the internet, there were people for and against it. But interestingly, interestingly, Melissa, a lot of people thought it was okay, if not a little weird. Do you see a problem with this, with the idea of winning sperm as a competition? see a problem with it again it's up to the individual if they're they're wanting the sperm isn't it so you know they're just i don't, I don't see a problem with it uh robert robert you were sort of like um uh, you didn't like this at all I hate influencers i think that they're just the biggest load of absolute bloody rubbish and now we've got you two were one <laughs> no, I don't wish I was one. Because if I was, you I'd have do. to sell my You're soul. Struggling no, with I don't. There's no What's way. What's your that problem I... with influencers? Come on, mate. Like seriously, the only reason why I'm jealous they're all is fake. because they're all that no for money. One's... They're all fake. They're all for money. They're all for free. So they're doing this. They're donating for free. They're giving away their sperm for free. Yeah, but only if you like their profile, like the other one's profile, <laughs> tag them, oh all God, this the, kind that's of That's crap. the way of the world today. Look, we, everyone's sourcing our information all the time. We have to like everything. I understand that. Like, I, I get that influencers can do like makeup and and holidays and travel and things like that. There's just something about, hey, we're going to give away sperm for like, what, what are the T's and C's? What like is it actually going to be done properly? I don't know. I just don't like influencers, and I don't like it when they're giving away uh, sperm. I don't no, think no, it is influence. I mean, okay. seriously, sorry, Rob. I just was going to say I can understand that this sounds like a bit of a wank. But I would say also it's got nothing, nothing to do with influencers. They're handing out something for free. And, you know, I and think Melissa made a very clear it's point. It's about influencers. You can only do it if you like their page and tag friends in That's them and follow marketing. them. That's marketing. Yeah. So the Ben oh Robert Robbo Show, if you, if you get a friend to like marketing. our Facebook page, you can have your choice from me, Robbo, or um, Ben <laughs> on whose firm we'll send <laughs> Oh, God. I'm not a part of this segment. I'm taking <laughs> my sperm away. Melissa's shaking her head there. <laughs> I oh, don't no, think... I'm gonna... no, I'm going to get my phone out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melissa, <laughs> whose who sperm do you want here? Oh, my God. No, no. Shut it down. Oh, news from no. the network. You've been fired. No one wants to oh know the answer. Oh, my God. Question. He wants it to be him. I thought, I thought, hang on. I, I thought Melissa said she was getting her phone out to go and like our page. That's no, why I asked that question. Oh. No, I'm not. Maybe, maybe I just heard what I wanted to hear. You certainly did, and you always do. Move on. Uh, all right. Well, look, we brought you a story a couple of weeks ago about an Aboriginal activist wanting to change the name of Smarter White Milk after he claimed it was racist and had racist connotations about white people being smarter. But the plot has thickened. Let's see what the Dr Stephen Hagen had to say on NITV. Well, I was quite horrified. I got a call from um, Daily Mail and they said they wanted me to comment on Mark Latham's call about, uh, oh, is he going to change um, my favourite drink? Uh, a smarter white milk. Huh. And I said to the, the journalist, I said, mate, I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, I drink soy milk. I said, why would I worry about that sort of milk? He said, but are you going to write to the uh, French um, company and ask them to change that name now that you had a win with uh, Coon Cheese? I said, mate, try somebody else. I said, I, I'm not taking that one on. I don't know much about it. So he wrote a story and he implied that um, I, uh, I was running a campaign. And then again, all the hate mail came. 
Well, here's the thing. The Daily Mail directly quoted Dr Hagen many times throughout the articles. They alleged, he said, that a lot of people have raised it with him, that he recalls conversations with Indigenous people feeling offended and that he would write a letter now in... Uh, and he would write a letter if enough people approached him. Now, in a true sign of times, Dr Hagen has unfortunately received death threats over the article, but... I've got to say, Ben, I think it's a huge claim to say that he didn't say these things when he's directly quoted. Do you reckon it's just him backtracking because of the threats against him? Look, I mean, I like the Daily Mail because it's right up my alley. It's on brand for me. But if I read something on the Daily Mail, I have 0% chance of believing what I see. No, like, you know what? I don't think that's fair. I really don't think that's fair because they... This is this clearly is a, a whole beat-up. This is a beat-up and you know it's a beat-up. You know that... Look, we've... We've actually got to see footage of this man, which is completely different to some quotes that are apparently on the Daily Mail. But I think Correct. the fact All that... All right, well, then, if they lied, this is a hell of a charge to accuse a journalist of lying in their copy when they had direct quotes. If he lied, go to the press council, file a formal complaint and get that journalist in trouble because I don't believe it. When a journalist puts direct quotes on, it means they have... I believe his story that they called him, he... Are and, you suggesting that a journalist never makes up a grab, especially <laughs> yes, in the Daily I'm Mail? Yes, I'm absolutely... No. You're saying that every single journalist in the whole world has never created a false grab I'm not saying or a every false... journalist, but I'm but saying... But you're saying the everyone at the Daily Mail? The journalistic, code, the journalistic code of ethics... <laughs> is not about making up quotes. Even in tabloid magazines, and I'm sure Melissa can give her a verdict on that, even then they don't quote the person directly. They'll say sources or friends if they're making stuff up. True. That is true. They do there, say that. There is a distinction between attributing quotes directly to someone and being accused of making up a story. It's We're in an age where we call fake news on everything and I just think you are throwing a big stone here if you accuse a journalist of lying about direct quotes. Well, we yes, are. And it's like, the I'm Daily sorry. Mail, and it's, it's Daily, Daily Mail's Daily not Mail. exactly like the, 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 the pinnacle of journalism in Australia. That's been pointed out time and time and time and time again. So, so now, every yes, journalist on the Daily Mail is may... a piece of shit that doesn't actually... That's not what we said. We, that's not what that's we said. What and said. Also, you just attributed a, a fake quote to me. <laughs> sorry. Melissa, just by the way, I just want to say welcome to the Ben Robert Robbo show. We're all friends. I know it doesn't look like it. Um, if they're changing the story, so they might get a grab from him, right? And then they'll write around it to kind of influ you know, influence what he was saying. So, yeah, they're direct quotes, but they created a story that doesn't exactly that. go with that. And then you look down the story and it's like, well, you know, they, these are, he was actually talking about this or he was talking about that. That happens all the time. I, I just yeah. don't understand why you're holding these journalists up to the pinnacle of journalism when there has been so much evidence in the in in the past, yeah, especially against the Daily Mail, um, for doing things like this before. Because here's the thing: I think that sometimes people say things, and I, as I said, I absolutely agree that he was approached. He did, and he hasn't been on a campaign. And I've got the article up now, and I can't see anywhere where it's saying he's on a campaign. Um, but here are the quotes. Um, the former diplomat and academic who now works as a social justice consultant has suggested Paul's French parent company Lactalis consider replacing the Smarter White label, which has been used to sell low-fat milk since 2002. Quote, Aboriginal people are saying that there's an inference for, for that it's for smart white people, not for smart black people. Dr. Hagen told the Daily Mail Australia. Quote again. Wow. There's a lot of Have Aboriginal. Have you just interrupted the show to then what just go and read the Daily Mail instead no, of having No, hang on. This is important. We already know the facts. Well, no, we, we already don't. know that. Because we we're making that. an we are making an accusation against a journalist, which I think if you're going to make that accusation and call them a liar, you need to back it up with facts. And the fact is, he's made claims in there. He says that they've said he's on a campaign. They haven't used the word campaign here. They've said that they approached him. They said that he, he has been quoted as saying he has heard from Indigenous Australians that they've got an issue and that he actually says it's worthy of consideration, saying but in Rob, these enlightened can I just times... Also say, I know, but, but just really quickly... It's worthy of consideration. We're giving way too much airtime to something. It's like, hi, Molehill, would you like to be a mountain? Because, like, right now, the whole story was BS because it actually was really bad to the it Aboriginal wasn't community, BS. I would say. 
It, they got, well, they look, rang I think him up is. for his reaction. This is the man who got coon cheese changed. They rang him up for his reaction. He's given quotes. Quotes. He's given quotes. And then he Can said... Can we see the grab again? I didn't Can say we see anything. the grab again? Can you play Can the we grab see the grab again? Let's go there. Roll clip. <laughs> uh, we've had to close it. Oh, Sorry. Uh, oh. Yes, we do have it. Here we go. Well, I was quite horrified. I got a call from... Um, and Daily Mail, and they said they wanted me to comment on Mark Latham's call about, uh, oh, is he going to change um, my favourite drink, uh, a smarter white milk? Huh. And I said to the, the journalist, I said, mate, I don't even know what you're talking about. I said, I drink soy milk. I said, why would I worry about that sort of milk? He said, but are you going to write to the uh, uh, French um, company and ask them to change that name now that you had a win with uh, Coon Cheese? I said, mate, try somebody else. I, I said, I, I'm not taking that one on. I don't know much about it. So he wrote a story and he lied. I believe the man I can see. By, uh, I'm going to say that. Campaign. And then again, all the hate mail came. Have you ever heard of a I leading believe... question? All of those questions were leading. Like, hey, mate, Sorry. you've done this with Coon, so they've identified... Okay. I, I just... I, I think that you are... Uh, putting them up on a level, I, I think that they have, they've manufactured this story. They've, they've called him up to get quotes. He's saying, it's not even on my radar. I'm not even worried about it. Um, okay, Robbo, so let me ask you this question, because I hate this idea that anyone who works for a certain publication, and I will say I'm a fan of the Daily Mail. I've got a good relationship same. with them. Um, uh, so, oh, Robbo, you worked on a morning now we television. Know. <laughs> no, no, Ben, I speak my truth always. Do not ever <laughs> accuse me of... The curtailing to anyone. I've made enough enemies in this industry because I don't curtail. Um, Robbo, you worked on a pissy little morning show, Studio 10, right? So you were the you were the funny guy who wore tight pants and, uh, you know, like, and, and made a I fool of yourself. So why, when yep. you did serious stories, should we take you seriously? Because you were a journalist who did serious stories. The fact that yeah. you worked on... So, so w why would you... Why would you just... Why would you throw this poo at the Daily Mail? And the because journalist I who wrote this, this story. I, I believe this particular story was a leading story. Uh, Mark Latham said something, they, so they thought, oh, we're going to bait uh, this activist. Hey, you want to do this? No, I I've got no interest in it. No, but, but you changed coon cheese. Do you want to do this one? No, I, I don't, I don't want to do it. Then we get this story. Well, the activist, you know, he, and he might have said, yeah, oh, look, actually, look, at the end of the day, mate, yeah, some people have said to me that maybe, but, like, it's not something that I'm going after. It. Go get someone else. He said twice in that grab, go and get someone else. So, but he did, if we believe the, the journalist that created that the Melissa, story, uh, let our guests have their say. Yes. <laughs> he did say he did take it to the Aboriginal people, and that was the feedback from the community. So exactly. he was just quoting that. So why why is what has the Daily Mail done wrong here? They, I agree. They rang him up. They led him. They led him down. Right. Yeah. So I, but he made those quotes. You can't, as a journalist, you cannot put quotes quotation marks around anything if the person didn't say it. Yeah, but Rob, can I just finish this off just with something really simple? If I believed everything that was on the Daily Mail Australia, I'd believe that oh Kieran from Big Brother goes to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, let's end our hot button issues. Uh, I'd love to know what you think at home. Let us know at, uh, at the BRR show on all our social media channels. Now, I think we need a nice story. We're all familiar with Chocolate Rain. Remember this song, Chocolate Rain, after it went viral in 2007? Chocolate Rain yes. Only in the past is what they say Chocolate Rain With your neighbourhood insurance rates Chocolate Rain well, what about chocolate snow? Well, a defect in the lint factory in Switzerland combined with strong winds caused chocolate powder to spread throughout the town of Olsen. The town's official Twitter shared this photo of what has been deemed chocolate snow. Oh, we can't see it. <laughs> what a shame. The company has confirmed that the nibs are fragments of crushed cocoa beans, that they are not harmful to people or the environment, and that they will pay for any necessary cleaning. Uh, Melissa, is this the happy story of 2020? We finally got some good news. Yes! Chocolate rain! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's a beautiful story. It's great and it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, it's uplifting and it's nice. It is nice, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I'm really thrilled to see uh, the idea of chocolate rain. Um, Robbo, out of everything you'd like to fall from the sky, what would it be? <laughs> oh, question without notice. Uh, what I, I would like... Um... 
cash. Gravy. Save the cash. I love gravy. <laughs> no, gravy. If the brown was raining down, I'd be very happy with that. Oh, you would be. You oh, would be. Do you it. remember that time we went to that cafe for lunch, the three of us? I think the only time we've ever been all together in the flesh. And... Uh, Robbo ordered three little gravy, like gravy bones, and he <laughs> drank them after the dinner. Like he had his lunch, and then he drank out of these gravy trains. It people think I'm lying when I say that I drink gravy, but you, yeah, you can confirm it. That's right. I love it. I, you order one for dipping, one for drinking, and one as an after mint. After you, you know, in shot. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, where Augustus Gloop sees that river of chocolate and jumps in and is so excited. Oh, Robbo always that wanted that to be gravy. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I would be in heaven. Oh, goodness gracious me. All right. Well, let's move on. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And each night on The Masked Singer Australia, we have to say goodbye to a much-loved character. And last night, it was Sloth who was unmasked and revealed to be another legend of Australian music, Katie Noonan. Let's have a look at her time on the show. What a moment. Well, here to talk to us about her experience is the brilliant Katie Noonan herself. Welcome to the Ben, Rob and Robbo Show. Thank you very much for having me, lads. I'm thrilled to be here. Now, let me ask you, you're coming from a hotel room. You wouldn't be in quarantine by any chance, would you? I sure am, yes. Welcome to Hotel Quarantine in sunny Queensland. Um, I'm actually currently looking at three dudes painting a building on that kind of window cleaning <laughs> thing, which is really are random. They They're quite cute. Do they have their They are wearing clothes, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, going a bit bonkers, but um, <laughs> it's all good. And sorry, I kind of made my bed, but not really, because they kind of, you can't do room service and, you know, you can't see anybody for 14 that, days. We're not your so. mum. Well, Katie, tell me, you had one of the most talked about costumes, Sloth. It, it's amazing. Uh, what can you tell us about the costume? Was it hard to get into? Was it, was it uncomfortable? Yes, to all of the above. Um, <laughs> I asked specifically for a costume that completely enveloped my whole body. Um, I wanted to disguise anything that you could tell the shape of the person underneath. I'm a very proud curvy mama, and I thought if you could see my arms or my legs, you'd be able to kind of tell what physical size I was. And, you know, to be honest, there are only a handful of curvy mummers in Australia, singers. Um, obviously, there are millions of curvy mummers, but um, not many of us in the kind of pop world. So I wanted to totally disguise my body. I really got into it. I went super method. I became Sally the Sloth. <laughs> I was Sally. Um, when they sent me the sketch, I was like, I absolutely love her. I love sloths. I'm so happy to be Sally the Sloth. Um, and actually when they were doing the clue packages and it said, will they show up on time? I was like, man, they got me figured out because I generally run late. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, I get you. they totally got me. Yeah. Well, look, um, you know, you are so versatile as an artist. You have spanned across so many genres. I'm a huge fan, by the way. Uh, so with jazz, indie rock, pop opera. Now, what was your strategy for The Masked Singer? Like, did you get to choose these songs and were you trying to cover up some of these genres? Um, so I didn't, well, the, the songs were suggested for me and I was like, hello, Lizzo ah. is my queen. I'm very happy to do Get My Lizzo On. I also thought that Lizzo really suited the character 
of sloth, you know, because she's a bit of a curvy mm. girl, and Lizzo is a gorgeous curvy girl with some sass. So I was like, I'm going to become the sassy sloth. Um, then they suggested the Whitney tune. Well, originally I think it was Steve Winwood, but it was Whitney singing. Whitney's been my queen since I was five. Mm. So the <laughs> honour of singing two African-American women who I completely admire and respect and look up to was great. But, I, you know, I, I really did try to disguise my voice as much as possible um, and kind of, like I sang, I sang with their accent, so I sang with a more American accent, which I never do. Um, my life has been dedicated to making my voice as unique and like myself as possible, mm. whereas I wasn't myself. I was Sally the Sloth. So I, I took <laughs> it seriously and really tried to disguise my voice. Gary Pinto, the vocal coach, is the sweetest guy and an incredible singer, and he gave me some hints to help. Um, so, yeah, and then moving forward, I all the songs they picked I loved, if I went on. One of them I didn't. And so I told them, and they were super cool with uh, going through other suggestions. So oh, but, great. I understand it's a TV show. They got a, they got a lot to think of. They've got to cover the pace of the show. You know, all the showbiz <laughs> magic. So, hey, tell yeah. us who did you not want to sing? That's controversial. <laughs> we want the controversy. Oh, Was it Madonna? Because you think who? she looks like a Pavlova now? <laughs> no, I love Madonna. I love her. I love her beautiful face that she used to have. Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Katie. Talking yeah. about Madonna, you have been in the headlines this week for comments <laughs> you made about her plastic surgery. And since then, oh, you've God. revealed that in your career, you have been told to lose weight and get Botox. Um, yeah. You had to reveal that because of the backlash you received about not being part of the sisterhood and all this kind of stuff. Oh, no, I didn't have to reveal it. I chose to reveal it. Sure, um, sure. Purely because, um, oh, look. I, look, I wish I hadn't written it, honestly, to be honest, because the shit show it caused was just, you know, we got better things to do with our times, <laughs> with but, our time. But, yeah, surely you're yeah. allowed to just have an opinion, you know, like... Well, a... apparently not at the moment. It's a very... Mm. Look, I forgot about um, internet keyboard warriors and I forgot <laughs> about those peeps. I haven't had any really serious ones since Com Games and they were ridiculous. Like, they were just hilarious, just saying the most bonkers stuff and thinking I had all this control that I didn't have over the ceremony and, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so the, that was the last time I'd had really quite horrible stuff. But I really came to understand people's different points of view and, of course, anybody can do whatever the hell they want Hang to Hang on, is it body. a point of view or is it being shouted down? Because when you get that pile yeah. on... And, and, and mm. you're right, you didn't have to reveal the things that have been said to you, but you chose to as a way of yeah. explaining yourself because of that pile-on, and that's where I was coming on, coming from with the have-to comment. Yeah, well, I think that society does put an unrealistic and pretty actually kind of very weird uh, pressure on women to look a certain way and uh, to not honour the absolute gift of getting older. I'm 43, mm. proud of being 43, love all my frown lines, love my shingle scars, love my face because it's lived 43 years and that's a privilege and a gift. That's my choice to age without any plastic surgery or Botox or fillers or whatever else. But, but then who I also cares what you look like when you have like you literally. When I'm a sloth. And I will say this to you: you are <laughs> you have literally one of the best voices I've ever heard in my life. Like I remember when oh. I first it was one of the CDs that I've still kept, and I threw out a lot of my CDs. My partner said I couldn't keep hoarding all DVDs and CDs, <laughs> and I think I've only got ten left. And I, I, I swear, I've lived in this apartment that I've been in now for t over 20 years and these walls have heard you singing so much and I just want to thank you as an artist and say, who gives uh -oh. a stuff about what people look like? It's about you and your art and your talent. Yeah. Well, well what? thank you. That's very beautiful to say and I agree. When I listen to music, I generally got my eyes shut. I genuinely don't care about physical appearance. I only really care about the kindness of your heart and what you do with your life and blah, blah, blah. But having said that, I just want to make it clear that women or men can do, of course, 
anything to their bodies. I was never suggesting that they couldn't. I was simply saying that um, of two heroes of mine that I've watched grow up since I was a little girl, Joni Mitchell and Madonna, the incredible difference in uh, their faces. And the choices I actually they have think, made with their bodies, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Katie, but it's your choice. You do whatever the hell you want. It's your body. Yeah. You know? Katie, thank, thank you. you so much for being on the Ben Robin no Robo Show. We appreciate your time today. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Take care. See ya. It's the Ben Life Shot of the Day. Where are you going today? You never know where you'll end up with the Ben Life Shot of the Day. Ah, uh, today we're taking you to Seoul, Korea. Ah, oh, in South Korea, sorry. <laughs> it's a partly cloudy low of 24 degrees and a top of 32 degrees. Let's get into the feedback. It's coming in thick and fast today, as it always does. Jan Murphy, Rob to Robbo, you worked on a pissy little show. LOL Studio 10. Rob, you worked on it too. Uh, yes, I did, Jan. Uh, my point was about... happy, Jan. <laughs> Jan, my point was about writing off um, the places people work because that argument was sometimes said about Studio 10. We were a show that tried to do things above what a morning show could be. We did serious stuff. We did light-hearted stuff. I was making that point that you can't judge everyone by the organisation they work for. Um, and Gavin says, I actually thought the same thing from Rob. That was a little uncalled for. Again, I loved Studio 10. I was making the point. All right, moving on. And Jamie says, Hi, Melissa, great to see you looking fabulous as always. Would you ever consider doing Real Housewives of Melbourne if you were asked? Oh, wow. Um, yes, I love reality TV because I think it's so raw and real and, and there's no escaping, there's no script to hide behind. It's, um, you know, it's, it's you on the line, so... Well, yes. let's see. Let's see if we can make that happen. Joe says, "Fangirling over Melissa Bell. I was obsessed with you in E Street." Um, Reggie says, "Free sperm. My sister needs sperm. She wants a baby so bad." <laughs> then she actually goes on to say, "Can anyone help my sister? They only got sperm. No. She can get his from a sperm bank in America. Costs thousands." <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrew says, "Yesterday, Rob is slapping people with his meat. Today, he's giving away sperm. What will be on offer tomorrow?" Um, no. Illy says, Robbo's face this episode. <laughs> I think that's fairly, that's fairly accurate. There, I think I it think. is fairly accurate. Mary says, yay, here comes the first part of the day, stuffing popcorn <laughs> into her mouth. Um, Jen Murphy says, Ben, I loved High Molehill, Wanna Be a Mountain. Um, Malcolm yeah, says, funny. all fighters are in the ring on this one today. Um, and uh, uh, Mary also says, homemade gravy with roast drippings and onion is the oh. best. Indeed it oh my is. Goodness. That's All amazing. Right. <laughs> look, it's time to go down the rabbit hole and take a look at the world through Bruno's eyes. Hello, Bruno. Hello, hey, Bruno. good afternoon, gentlemen. G'day, Melissa. How's it all going? Good. We're all friends. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Hey, I have a bit of a sperm story, if you wouldn't mind indulging me for half a second. Oh, Jesus. I'm worried. It, in, it, in, <laughs> it, it involves uh, my boss, Carl Sanderlands. When I was um, EPing the show, we wanted to do this segment on the air where all the males on the show would uh, do a sperm test and we would figure out who's the manliest based on who had the biggest sperm count. Now... Everything uh, was going well. We had all given our sperm sample. It was time to get Kyle's sperm. And then all of a sudden, legal counsel just run out from the back office and say, hang on a second. The big issue here is we don't have uh, a level of insurance where if his sperm was hijacked on the way to it being analysed <laughs> and someone impregnated themselves, we don't have a level of insurance um, that would be able to take care of the costs of this child being born because technically it happened that during is... the course of a radio <laughs> segment. <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> That so brilliant. Oh yeah. Hey, so to this to this day I don't know how good or bad my sperm was. So, oh. you know, I, I I just, you know, did what I did in the disabled toilets uh, for nothing. At work. Wow. Not at, for nothing. Sorry, at the studios. Yeah, at work. Did, I mean it's a, Did everyone it do it together? For work. Oh. Uh, no, we took turns. I think I'm 
I think I was between the third and the fourth person. Person, I wasn't com- totally last, but I wasn't first. It was either. a work project. The room to be warmed up. Yeah, I, yeah um, it was a work project. I, I can just see it right now. Six security guards in an armed van carrying a vial of Carl's sperm <laughs> to make sure no one hijacks it. And you know, anyway. Uh, anyway. I feel that Carl would prefer if we said a carafe of his sperm, something more <laughs> oh, bigger yeah. than, than a, a vial. <laughs> Right, all, all right, right, moving okay, on, moving on. Right, we have, we fun, are literally breaking fun. the internet. Melissa's like, what have I let myself in for? Hey, Sorry, Bruno, Melissa. You are the List King Sorry, and Melissa. today you've got a very special list for us. Uh, it is so special. I've sat down and I've put together <laughs> a list of the top ten things that are classy if you're rich but trash if you're poor. Ah. Are you with me? Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things. So let me count count them down uh, and uh, we'll just see. I mean, is anyone super loaded here? I know, Rob, of course, you are. Uh, <laughs> anyone else? <laughs> Melissa, you've got a buck or two, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right, look at all that right. house well, she's in. She's doing all right. <laughs> Of course she's doing fine. All right, guys, number 10 of the top 10 things that are classy if you're rich but trash if you're poor, drinking at work. That makes the world of sense, you know. If you've got money, you you, you kind of have to. It's that madman vibe of Mm. constantly being wasted at work. But if you're poor, it's not a good look, right? So, Robo, was that like you and I? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. Like, I would have to hide my drinking, but the executives could walk around with a straw and a bottle of bloody Jack Daniels, and that was okay. No, that's the but difference, Robbo. It, no executive has ever walked around with a straw and a bottle of Jack Daniels. They have Jack- a nice glass. <laughs> I love that I that's trying- Robbo's idea of a senior executive. That's what they must all be doing on the top level. Jack Daniels and straws. And they're not drinking oh. Jack Daniels either. It's, uh, you know, Maker's Mark or Woodford Reserve or something like that. Guys, so I think... I think We've now just yes. proven that I am He's got poor. got 10 to get Andy. through. If I'm, if I'm choosing Jack Daniels, then I'm the poor Guys, one. Guys, yeah. if Go we on. have a Studio it, 10 story for every one of his 10 examples, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> so on you go, Bruno. We haven't had Guys, one yet, but number, I can't wait to bring one Number out. nine, having multiple cars on your property, right? So if you've got money, you've got the Bentley, you've got the Rolls, uh, you've got maybe a few of your Italian sports car, but if you're low on money and you've got the Cortina, the Futura, uh, <laughs> you're trash. Uh, it sucks, but it's true, yeah. right? Number eight. Hang on, Robbo. F- Robbo, you wanted to say something? Oh, just really quickly. I, I'm sorry, Bruno. We're going to let you talk in a moment. But it, um, when I go to Rob's house, he's got two cars, and then oh, I bring no. my car up. But I drive it up on the grass, and he likens that to being at a housing commission estate, and he doesn't like it. So he makes me actually move my car onto the street uh, because of that. So it's a Hyundai, you know, it's... <laughs> It's my mum's car. Robbo, it's, it's I say that because that. I grew up in housing commission, and yep. uh, you know, my and every every house had multiple, including our own, multiple cars up on the on the front yard. Oh, no, they do. So you know, let's cross. Well, there you go. You get it, Bruno. <laughs> Guys, go. number eight, showing up to a formal occasion in jeans and a t-shirt. When you're super loaded, uh, you can get away with that, right? You really yeah, can. Yeah. That's so true. All, all the Silicon Valley types, they're just getting around yeah. and just hoodies and stuff. Oh, yeah. but, man, if you're trash, you look like trash. It sucks the double mm-hmm. standards. Oh, by the way, I'm yeah. not endorsing the double standard. <laughs> I'm pointing it out so that it can all be changed. Number seven <laughs> of the top ten things that are classy if you're rich but trash if you're poor, small servings of food. Do you notice the richer oh, yeah. you get, the smaller your food becomes? Yes. yes. Yeah. Man, some of those yeah. fancy Sydney no, restaurants, <laughs> your, your main is the size of a 50-cent coin. Yeah. You know, Bruno, just really quickly, because I was going to say that I went out with this guy who had really rich parents, and I went there for dinner, and he they, they served up was lamb's brain. That was all they had for dinner, just a little lamb brain on the plate. And I was like, what the hell is going on? I thought rich people could afford good food. Why are we eating brains? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not um, with yeah. him anymore. <laughs> no, thank God. No, that's a, a psychopath. He's probably behind bars, <laughs> guys. Number six. Number six. Holidaying in Bali. Oh, it I agree. Like the rich do it. They do it so well. But geez, if you can't afford that standard of a Bali holiday, it's really bogan, right? <laughs> this is so true. Cruising around Absolutely. your bintang sweater. <laughs> Absolutely. No thanks. Guys, we're at the halfway mark. Top 10 things that are classy if you're rich, but trash if you're poor. 
walking around all day in a bathrobe. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> I mean, ben would totally do this if he could. <laughs> You're either Hugh Hefner or uh, you're not, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I have. So if, I you're, if you walk around walk like around. this, oh. if you walk around in oh boxer shorts, put it away. Put it away. Yeah. <laughs> boxer shorts, is that the same thing? Something, something, was, uh, something was moving there. Guys, number four of top ten things that are classy if you're rich but trash if you're poor, having a flag. Do you notice how classy it is in the rich suburbs when they have those beautiful poles, a flag just whipping away in the breeze? But, um, gee whiz, if you're not loaded and you have a flag, you're a boy. You're doing your country a disservice. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're getting to the top three now. Number three, and I've been oh guilty of this, God. hooking up with your cousin. What? Do you notice it's acceptable <laughs> for the rich to hook up with their cousin? Why is that? Why do they have all the incest fun? Here are the poor like us. If we do it, we're trash. How's that for Guys, come on. Bruno, it, it's, yeah. it just sounds like you want to hook up your cousin and make it be okay. <laughs> No, I did when I was 15. I didn't grow up with her. So I went over to France. I met her for the first time, and I'm like, you're adorable. So, yeah, we did hook up. We were listening oh, to Naughty oh la la. whilst doing it. Yeah, well, you know, whatever. What, what do you oh, mean? Wow. What, what, what are these looks? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Bruno. Terrified. That's Everyone's what they were. Everyone's hooked up with their cousin. Stop it. <laughs> Guys, number two. Number two. Number two having a wedding in your backyard. Although, and, you know, although now, so COVID-19. Yes. Yeah, I think so it's so true, though. Yeah, have you been to a uh, a Bogan backyard wedding? I have. It sucks. Yeah, uh, I whipped my I'm head a few times on the hills know. hoist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and guys, yeah. number one, what could it be of the top ten things that are classy if you're rich, and trash if you're poor? It's living on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, you're Yay! either loaded. Crash if you live there. You know, Melissa and I live on the Gold Coast, Bruno. Yeah, no shit. You're both loaded. We get it. (laughs) We get it. No, Melissa. Melissa's the rich one. I'm the bogan. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's beautiful living here. We're we're like. Oh, I love the chasing. Bruno, we we always love you, uh, but we're going to leave you. Thank you very much for that, my friend. We look forward to next week. See you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you. Hey, look, before before we get out, uh, let's get a quick hit of entertainment with Ben. And Ben, an Oscar winner is under fire. Who is the latest celebrity facing some strong allegations? Yeah, well, look, all the entertainment's quite bleak today, but Cooper Gooding Jr. is actually facing a sexual assault allegation. The Oscar winner is being accused of raping a woman twice in 2013, according to this civil lawsuit. The footage that you are seeing in just a moment occurred in New York City when a woman on the far right met the actor at uh, Greenwich Village at a lounge. Now, Cooper allegedly invited her and a friend for a drink at the Mercer Hotel in Soho, where he was staying, and then he asked her to go up to his room. Big mistake, don't ever do that. Uh, When the two arrived there together, he mentioned that he needed to go upstairs and get changed. Now, look, this is where the incident apparently had taken place, and the allegations are not the first for this trouble actor. So, look, he's an Oscar winner. People do love him across a lot of films, but uh, he'd be hard-pressed to get cast in another movie after such uh, pretty shocking allegations. Yeah. Mm. Uh, ben, tell me what's happening with Britney Spears at the moment. Well, Britney Spears, everyone's been talking about this for ages, but look, Britney Spears wants to make changes to her long-standing conservator- conservatorship. In court documents obtained by Entertainment Tonight yesterday, the 38-year-old singer's attorney states that Britney doesn't want her father, Jamie Spears, to be her conservator anymore. This is not a big shock for a lot of people. Now, I will just go on to say that Jamie himself did 
petition to be taken off of that a couple of years ago and Britney's friend, uh, which is one of her carers, is Jodie Montgomery. Now, that is who is believed to be taking over this conservatorship. I feel sorry for Britney Spears because, you know, look, there's a lot going on behind the scenes and it is very difficult for us to be able to watch without necessarily always knowing the truth. But, mm. uh, look, hopefully she's able to ascertain some of her cash if that's what she needs to do. Absolutely, sure. Ben. Thank you very much for that hit of entertainment news. Hey, Melissa, you have been so fabulous today. Brilliant. Thank you for being part of the Ben Robin Robbo show. I, I hope it, did, I hope it didn't get too naughty <laughs> for you. We went a little blue there for a bit. <laughs> no words. All right. No well, words. Thank you very much. You are a legend you, of Australian Melissa. screen. We Thank love you. you very much. I hope you know that. We will see you again soon, hopefully. Ben and Robbo, we will see you tomorrow for Tipsy Thursday and I Talking can't wait Movies with Joe. Yeah, it'll Rob, be a lot of fun. Rob, can I just fun. quickly say something? Can I just yes? quickly say, my partner is with his nana today because he's there help looking after her and she's watching the show. So a shout-out to Kay and Ben who are watching the Hi, show Anna. and Romsey. Oh, she <laughs> heard us talk Anna. about sperm. That's fabulous. All right, we'll see you tomorrow <laughs> on the Ben Robin Robbo show. Stop saying it. Bye. 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 Best behavior. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.